Hey, I'm Cheryl Sutherland, and I'm your guest host this week for The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. If you look at what's happening in the economy, we're, we're theoretically, we could be in a technical recession. We are just at the beginning of a recession. Well, uh, what we do um, see in these earnings results is that we are in a recession. There's going to be a lot of chatter today on Wall Street and among pundits about whether we are in a recession. And yesterday's Fed chairman, uh, the Fed chairman made it clear that he doesn't think the U.S. economy is currently in a recession. The American government released its latest GDP numbers, which show that the U.S. economy is shrinking for the second quarter in a row. The good news is that Canada's economy isn't getting smaller like in the U.S., but the question is whether that will change. I'm not saying it's impossible because we're in a very strange time. We've seen a lot of things in the last two and a half years we've never seen before. But yeah, will, would it tip over to uh, triggering a recession? Would, would pessimism turn into a recession? It could, sure. Dave Parkinson is a journalist for The Globe's Report on Business. He's been covering business and financial markets for over three decades. He'll tell us why what's happening in the economy right now looks different from other recessions we've lived through. You're listening to The Decibel. Dave, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks, Cheryl. Great to be here. So we've been talking a lot about the state of the economy right now. But Dave, I value your expert opinion on this. And can you just give us a reality check on how the economy is actually doing right now? Last week, we came out with uh, with new economic growth numbers. That's gross domestic product is the, the standard. Basically, think of everything the economy creates, everything it produces, all of the goods and all of the services that are that are produced and consumed in a given period is what's known as gross domestic product. And uh, what we were looking at was uh, a bit of a slowdown in, in we came off a slowdown in May as sort of a flat month, no, no discernible growth, a little bit of growth expected again in June, but all this adds up to actually very healthy growth over the last, uh, the last three months. So four and a half percent on an annualized basis, which Put that in historical perspective, Canada's economy tends to grow something less than 2% a year. So the growth rate that we're seeing right now is more than double what we would see in sort of a typical historical quarter. Dave, maybe I'm being naive here, but this sounds like kind of a rosy picture, like this is actually good news. So why are people so worried about the health of the economy? Why are people so worried? People just people just worry, Cheryl. No, I mean, you know what? I think that's part of it. I think we've gone come through a couple of years where we have become used to being worried. So a lot of people are saying, and in fact, I had a conversation with a colleague earlier today who said, you know, his barber said to him, uh, oh, we're in a recession. And he said, I don't know where that comes from because there's there's nothing in the numbers that say that. But of course, we're hearing that conversation and people start assuming it's already here. Um, but I do think there are a couple of specific elements here that have got people thinking that we have turned uh, turned a corner in, in a bad direction with the economy. One of them, of course, is the inflation problem that's been hanging over everybody for many months now and doesn't seem to be getting any better. And, and that, I mean, obviously that hits people in a very real way. If, if, I, if my wages are going up 1% a year and inflation is going up 8% as it is right now in Canada, I'm losing money. And, and that, that feels recessionary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's also, you know, it, it is a chronic, nagging economic problem that needs to be addressed in an aggressive way. Now, it's the aggressive way that it's being addressed 
that ha- also has people worried because we're seeing central banks raising interest rates faster than they have in many decades. And economists know historically that aggressive increases of interest rates have often led to recessions. So it's kind of what, uh, you know, we're worried about what has happened in the past here. Well, you know, I, I mean, we I, I think we tend to, I certainly do. I, I think most people have very strong memories of bad economic times. Uh, and and we they tend to seem bigger and longer lasting in our minds than the good economic times. And so when we start to hear the rumblings in the distance, it's, you know, that, that, that sinking feeling starts to, uh, to come back in. And there are legitimate rumblings out there. There's no doubt. Of course, one of the biggest rumblings is just last week, we heard the news that the U.S. economy had contracted, had actually, dec- the GDP had actually declined for the second consecutive quarter. An unusual event, um, often an event signifying at least the possibility of a recession. So if in Canada, we're not seeing GDP contract just yet, but we are seeing that contraction happening in the U.S., I guess the question is, uh, how, why are we worried here? Like, how connected are our two economies? Well, yeah, it's, it's a natural concern. I think we are used to seeing that, they, that the Canadian and U.S. economies tend to move in the same direction at roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is, we, you know, we are an export-driven economy. We are very dependent on the U.S. market. About 70% of Canadian exports do go to the United States. We're also a very resource-driven economy, and resource prices have been extremely strong. Uh, so all of these things, yes, we do worry because we are used used to seeing the Canadian economy follow the U.S. economy in whatever direction it's going. But, I mean, there are certainly some differences in where we are right now in the recovery. The U.S. recovery came a little earlier than the Canadian recovery did because of, largely because of a different treatment policy-wise to the pandemic. Mm. Arguably, the, the, the policy responses of Canadian governments were actually stronger than the U.S. government responses were in terms of fueling economic growth. So we may be seeing that our recovery is lasting a little longer than the U.S. recovery did. Okay, so let's talk about this this definition of a recession, because I've seen that some people are defining a recession as two consecutive quarters of GDP contracting. Is this generally how people understand what a recession is? Uh, I think it is sort of a, a back of the envelope uh, kind of uh, definition of a recession. It's easy for people to understand, and it tends to get repeated quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not any serious economist definition of recession, and there's there's some good reasons for that. You know, I mean, economies can slow for significant amounts of time, but not necessarily a deep slowdown. Uh, perhaps not necessarily a broadly based slowdown. There may be elements of the economy that are taking a step back temporarily, but other elements that are still growing in a very healthy way. And and that's why it's not very useful to say, oh, the U.S. economy shrank for two straight quarters. The chief factor right now um, in terms of trying to decide whether this does look like a recession is just taking a look at the, the labor market. Mm-hmm. We've created more than 400,000 jobs since January, and uh, and we've got in the first quarter, we had almost a million job vacancies, meaning actual jobs that are unfilled by by anybody. So there really is, we're actually at historically strong uh, levels for, for the employment market, which is really what tends to matter most for people. There is no definition of a recession that includes a labor market that's booming. It just can't. Interesting. There are a couple of bodies in the US and Canada that uh, a, a couple of sort of academic councils that 
are separated from from any government influence, and and it is their job to sort of take a look at the broad economic picture and decide whether something is in fact a recession. And they want to see what's going on across the whole economy, not just in some parts of the country or in some sectors, but they want to see something that's across the board and sustained for for several months. So they're, they're looking at, they like to talk about depth, duration, and scope. And so normally, yes, if you are in a recession, you're seeing incomes declining, you're seeing employment declining, you're seeing spending declining, you're seeing companies slow their output, you're seeing businesses fail. And you're seeing it not just in one or two sectors, like Canada saw a few years ago when oil prices crashed, where we saw basically a single sector recession, but the rest of the economy was healthy. Uh, But you want to see this happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I should say you don't want to see it happening, but if you want to declare a recession, that's what you need to see. You've laid out that just looking at GDP numbers is not the the best way to, to kind of figure out if we're in a recession or not. But have we ever seen a situation where two quarters of a contraction did not lead to a recession? I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether, is, is there a, what is the benefit of, of looking at GDP numbers here? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that looking at GDP numbers is a good starting point. Obviously, if you're seeing a severe slowdown in GDP or starting to see those numbers turn negative, then yeah, it's a perfectly reasonable question to say, is this the beginning of a recession? Is, has a recession in fact now started? But yeah, we have in in Canada, as as I was alluded to before, in 2014 and early 2015, there was a major crash in energy prices. The Canadian economy in 2015 did, in fact, have two consecutive quarters of of contraction. Was it a recession? Based on the the broader analysis, it was not. It was a severe slowdown, but it it was isolated in in some geographic regions and a single sector. It was deep enough that that it did, in fact, subtract so much from the economy that all of the things that were still relatively healthy couldn't outweigh it. And so, you know, you end up with a negative number in GDP. But employment was still extremely strong and growing at the time. And, uh, you know, many other industrial sectors were doing just fine. So again, you know, it's that that's probably the, the greatest example in recent history of a, an economic contraction that was not a recession. Mm. Dave, what have the big banks been saying about the possibility of a recession right now? Yeah, one, that, and that definitely uh, caught the eye of a lot of people, including us. RBC came out last month with uh, a call of a, I believe they referred to it as a moderate recession. And they were, in fact, using sort of a more simplistic definition of two consecutive quarters of contraction. They also argued that accompanying this would be a slowdown in labor markets. So it had some other elements of that looked a, a bit like a recession. Now, the, the timing that they were looking at was not now. What RBC was talking about were the was the second and third quarter of next year. So basically a year from now, they see a possibility of a very mild recession, I would say. And even then, even with the increased unemployment that they were forecasting, it would still only bring uh, unemployment to sort of historically normal levels. It would not, we would not have sort of the depth of suffering in the labor market that we would normally associate with a recession. But but they do see a sustained economic slowdown. I, I guess what is what does mild mean then? It's it's so interesting to think about recessions as mild, medium. You know what is mild? I mean, mild is really based on how much 
the economy is going to contract from its current levels, how much GDP would shrink. But again, if I'm losing my job, I'm losing my job. I mean, mm-hmm. and if and if let's say a million people lost their jobs, a million people would have uh, would be pretty seriously affected. Now, is given the overall picture of the labor market, as I said earlier, there are nearly a million job vacancies in Canada right now. If we lost a million jobs, all we would be doing is filling an existing labor hole. Hmm. Something you brought up is is this feeling of, of a barber talking about, oh, we're already in a recession, you know, and, 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 and it makes me think about how the emotional or the impacts on the on the on the average Canadian and how that plays into this. What does it matter, you know, if we say it's a recession, if, if people on the ground actually feel like it's a recession? You know, one of the key elements to keep an eye on as we continue to have this discussion are uh, various measures of consumer sentiment, consumer confidence. If consumers lose confidence and and that translates into a, a major slowdown in spending because they are they are worried, they're nervous, they stop buying, stop making large purchases. Um, we're already seeing it, obviously, in the housing market. There, people are very nervous about the housing market, and they're and they're retreating from that. You know, if that starts to spread, then yeah, it starts to feed on itself, and you know. People are buying fewer things, fewer consumer goods, then businesses start to slow down, they start to slow down their hiring. And yeah, it can certainly snowball. Absolutely. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It can can be. Um, But but I've got to say that normally the the key element to sort of propelling that self-fulfilling prophecy is the labor market. As long as incomes are still growing strongly, and they are, as long as employment is still growing strongly, and it is, it's very difficult to get people that pessimistic because they keep getting good paychecks. I'm not saying it's impossible because we're in a very strange time. We've seen a lot of things in the last two and a half years we've never seen before. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, would, would it tip over to uh, um, sort of triggering a recession? Would, would pessimism turn into a recession? It could, sure. And what about the Bank of Canada here? What are they saying about the recession possibilities? As little as they can possibly get away with, to be honest. Wow. Um, Tiff Macklem, who's the uh, the head of the Bank of Canada, he uh, he's dancing on a thin line on that one, and he knows it, and he says so. He believes that, that the bank can continue to increase interest rates and slow down inflation, mm-hmm. and yes, slow the economy at the same time. That is part of the goal. The part of the goal of, of higher interest rates is to slow the growth of demand in the economy. So the idea is you slow the demand, you bring those more in balance, the pressures come to off prices. And we he believes we've got enough of a cushion in that labor market with all of those job vacancies, with record low unemployment, that we can sort of correct that imbalance without pushing us over the edge. But he does admit this, that this is a very delicate operation. He says, you know, that there's a path to do this, but the path is getting narrower all the time. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, he's willing to say that we could misstep and, and, you know, go off the path and into the ditch. Yeah, I'm wondering because the Bank of Canada, you know, in fact, they didn't misjudge how hot inflation would get. So I guess, should we be skeptical of its predictions when it comes to recession? And to this, I think you're kind of referring to this, quote unquote, soft landing here. Yeah, and that's sort of, that's the way the soft landing is looked at. And and the Bank of Canada isn't alone at that. The, the U.S. Federal Reserve has said many of the same things. So as the Bank of England, central bankers are all sort of speaking the same language on this. Uh, but you're right. They spoke the same language on uh, on inflation a 
year ago when they were saying it was quote unquote transitory. I think we should be skeptical. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, they they missed it. They were they were late. They should have been doing what they're doing now, you know, as much as a year ago. And 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 they know it. Mm. So unfortunately, you know, rapidly increasing interest rates is a very aggressive way to deal with a, a very sizable inflation problem. And yeah, it's going to have uh, some fairly unpredictable uh, outcomes from it. And we won't, won't know if they've misstepped again for, for probably a couple of years. Mm. Okay, Dave, so this kind of leaves me wondering then, how, how worried are you about uh, the possibility of a recession? Um, I, I am not worried about the possibility that we're already in one. Uh, I am certain that we're not. I am certain that we are in actually an extraordinarily strong moment uh, for the Canadian economy. But I am concerned that we've gone into some some territory, especially with inflation, especially with the central bank response to inflation. It's taken us into some policy territory that we've never really been in before. And I don't think anybody could say how that's going to play out. And then we've got, you know, laying over that, we've still got a pandemic that has potential to continue to uh, cause anything from sort of ongoing nagging small problems to some big, serious, uh, immediate problems. We've got a war in Europe that continues to be a very unpredictable situation and, again, could continue to overlay any economic uh, predictions uh, for for as long as it continues. So I'm worried that, that the path ahead of us is is very, very unclear. Dave, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Cheryl. That's it for today. I'm Cheryl Sutherland. Manika Remen-Wilms is our host. Zara Kazema is our summer producer. Our producers are me, Madeline White, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovic is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.